Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones had just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So for that, we welcome in our friend who's the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. So with that, let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Rob Grant. He says, love the show and the reporters and analysis. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate that. What are three or four key factors for Zach Wilson to become a successful quarterback? He has the arm strength and quick release. Is it self-confidence, decision-making, footwork, etc.? Yeah, you basically just nailed the three key areas. <laughs> he needs to be confident, he needs to make smart decisions, and he needs to have footwork that isn't sloppy. We saw Darnold have the sloppiest footwork for a long time, and it really didn't help his cause. In fact, he regressed in the footwork area under Adam Gase, which was kind of crazy. But that's really what it comes down to with Zach Wilson. He's got to take what the defense gives him, not try to be too much of a cowboy and make mistakes. He's got to keep his feet where they're supposed to be, and he's got to be confident in where he's throwing the ball. Those are three things that we saw him struggle with last year. If he turns the corner this year, it'll go a long way in his development. Yeah, exactly. He he answered his question. It's a good question, and it's those are three good points. And then I would touch on what we just talked about, those easy check-down throws and um, those should just be something where you can make them in your sleep. So he's got to be able to just hit those and um, pick up six, seven yards, move the chains, and just kind of put consistent drives together. So, um, 
And those go a long way, especially with a guy who's got that big arm and those off-platform throws. If he can make those easy ones and he pops like three or four of those other big throws a game, you know, you're talking about a, an explosive offense, and that's what, you know, Sala talks about the explosives all the time. You know, two or three of those can change the entire game, and, and that's what that's why you draft Zach Wilson number two for those. Um, so if he can if he can work on those small things and, and if the game slows down for him and um, he is confident, you know, you're going to see a, a guy who's got all the talent in the world kind of make a, a, a big step in year two. Next question comes in from Gus Toon. He says, who do you think the Jets' captains should be on opening day? Nick, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's two players on each side of the ball, right? So I would go with C.J. Mosley and Quinn and Williams on defense. And on offense, I would say Zach Wilson and probably Lake and Tomlinson. Yeah, I, I like those. I know they, they give a special teams captain to, like, Justin Hardy was one last year. I think he's one of the team leaders. Um, maybe, like, a Braxton Berrios because he's, you know, offense and special teams. So that's... That's when the team seems to kind of like rally around him. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, the Wilson thing to me, year one, making him a captain. I just I didn't love it. It felt a little forced by I know they say the team picks it, but it was such a young team. If they say this guy is a captain, then that's great. I mean, that's what you want. But, um, you know, Corey Davis is someone that comes to mind. Again, another veteran leader, quiet guy, leads by example. Um, so I would say like Mosley, Corey Davis, Justin Hardy, and like a Berrios are guys that come to mind. Next question comes in from AJ Tronzano. He says, I've heard reports saying OTAs were light this year. Some said they were concerned about this. Did you hear that? If true, does it concern you? Yeah. According to the reports that I've been hearing, and obviously you heard them on the show, Andy Vasquez was on for the first media OTA, and then Robbie Sabo was on for the second one, and they both said there wasn't much going on. It's kind of light. I don't think that's a big deal. It seems the league is sort of trending that way in a lot of ways. We've heard Sean McVay talk about this a lot, where they don't go crazy in these OTAs and mini camps and such. It's a departure from past years where you were here about guys like Bill Parcells who would drive these guys to the point of exhaustion I really wouldn't be concerned about it it just seems to be where the league is going when it comes to this kind of stuff they're gravitating more towards that model yeah it's so like there's so many more there's so much more like nutrition based and um like flexibility and athleticism where it's not as much just like smashing dudes into each other like on a daily basis it's not doesn't happen anymore this doesn't even happen in training camp let alone you know a uh uh, an off season workout, you know, program. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really, I, I, I don't even mind it. Um, and I don't, we all know with the jets luck the past, I mean, hundred years feels like, but with their luck, we don't, we don't want to have any injuries like Carl Lawson. I know you can't, I know those are freak things and they're going to happen, but man, it's like, if you could do even just a little bit to prevent that, I'm all for it. Cause you, you want to see this team as a whole, week one, you know, you're excited about the talent level. So why force anything right now? You have, you know, six weeks until training camp and then another six weeks till the season. So there's, you know, there's plenty of time to get these guys, you know, moving and, and, you know, acclimated with the offense and um, defense and special teams and stuff. So I don't think there's anything crazy to worry about right now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Dylan Lashway. He says, who do you think makes the biggest leap in the linebacker group? Will it be Sherwood or Hamza? Sorry if I butchered Hamza's first name. You didn't butcher it. You spelled it right. It's not like you had to pronounce it. But it's Hamza <laughs> Nasraldeen, I believe, is how you pronounce it. I think that if they're both healthy, Hamza Nasraldeen is probably the guy that's more likely to make a jump as a linebacker. Both of those guys still sort of learning new positions. It was a weird situation for them last year, and then they both got hurt. I like Hamza Nasraldeen as a player. His tape was pretty good. If he stays healthy, I think he could be solid. I don't know how good he's going to be, but for where he was picked, if he can even be a serviceable starter, that would be a win. So I would keep my eye on him. Sherwood had his moments last year. He had some really bad moments, too. I'm not sure how much you can rely on him or anybody else in that linebacking core, including Quincy Wilson. I know everybody's talking a lot about him. He did make a lot of tackles, but he was out of position a lot. He was over-pursuing. There's a lot of stuff he needs to fix. We'll see what happens. Maybe they're able to coach him up. But really, the only linebacker in that group that you can count on at this moment is C.J. Mosley. Yeah, I think I think Quincy Williams has a chance, has an, e- an easier chance because for him it's more about having, you know, I know you don't want to take away his aggressiveness because that's why he's probably in the NFL because he hits hard, he forces fumbles, he, he makes some splash plays, but, you know, like you said, out of position a lot and just I don't know if he knows how to play really the position yet. So I think it would be an easier adjustment, you know, or even like an expectation for him to be the guy because, like you said, Sherwood and Homs are – completely new to the position um, and, and their athletic traits aren't um, <clears throat> there as much as like a Quincy's are, you know, you could see it from Quincy Williams. You just, you know, you wish, you wish he would slow down just a tick, you know, so that he can kind of do the other things that you'd like to see. But um, I think the, the, the NFL level of play um, is more suited for, for Quincy Williams. Those other two guys are going to have their work cut out for them to even, look like they belong on the field and who knows even if they bring in another linebacker then it's a moot point those are basically depth and special teams guys which probably at the end of the day is what they're best suited for um but 
out of the two of them, I would prefer to see Hamsa just because, like you said, the tape was there from from Florida State. Um, you know, you could see his his skill set translating a bit better than than a Sherwood. But it seems like they they really like Sherwood. They talked about him last year a lot in the offseason. They're talking about him again. Um, I think they like his his confident le- confidence level, and he's got some leadership quality. So um, they're all they'll all get a chance. I mean, it's not like they got somebody in front of them that that they won't you know at least get some some snaps. So uh we'll see that's probably the most the most uh or the biggest kind of position battle um this summer to watch next question comes in from michael poulter he says i think Connor mcgovern is going to play so much better this year in between two high level guards as opposed to last year do you think he will find more success connor is that you <laughs> you remember last year he jumped into some fans DM and he was yelling and screaming about how he was actually playing awesome and fans don't know anything about football. So yeah. I thought it might be Connor McGovern asking the question. Just kidding, Michael. I know that you're a real person. As far as Connor McGovern, yeah, I think if he's healthy, he should be okay. He was starting to play better last year and obviously having Tomlinson on one side and on the other side having Elijah Vera Tucker will help. Certainly an improvement over what he had to work with before the Jets drafted Elijah Vera Tucker and certainly before they signed Lake and Tomlinson. So yeah, I think if he's healthy, he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean that's what he is. He's just he's fine. Um and and if you know, if there's better players around him, he's he's going to look a little better or he I mean, maybe if he's bad, he's going to look worse because you're like, wow, this guy's really the, the weak link of the offensive line. Um, but I don't think he's like a terrible player where he's just going to like stand out like how bad he is. So um, by default, I think he'll just he'll be better because he's got better players around him. And um, I can definitely tell you is they look to upgrade all offseason at the center spot because they didn't love stuff like that with, you know, McGovern and even Van Roten, like how they would, you know, they were a little sensitive to, to some of the uh, criticism and there's some things on tape that they saw where they weren't exactly the toughest group of guys and they wanted to get a little bit of a mean streak in there. And, um, you know, so they're not in love with McGovern. I think they're just, you know, all right, we'll, we'll get by with them for one more year and we'll, we'll replace them next year. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a big year for him because it's probably a make or break career year. If, if he's not really good, then he probably will just kind of go to the whole like depth piece, backup piece for the rest of his career. But if he puts a, you know, solid year out there for the Jets. It might not be back with, with the team next year, but at least elsewhere he might, um, you know, find himself another job next year. That's above average Greg Van Roten to you, Nick. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god still can't believe he got into a twitter fight where he referred to himself as above average and you don't want to jump in <laughs> on a player and pile on but let's be real if anybody thinks greg van roten is above average they really need to take a second look at offensive linemen next question comes in from john McAnally. he says is zach wilson a better gunslinger than game manager do you worry that too big of a focus is being put on Wilson reducing turnovers and he's going to be held back from his aggressiveness? Does he need to take more risks this year given his improved weapons? It's a balancing act, honestly. You want to make sure that he takes calculated risks, but you also don't want to see him go full Brett Favre. It worked for Brett Favre, but most guys it's not going to work if you just basically let it all hang out and just fling the ball all over the place. That's never been the way that Zach Wilson was. If you go and watch him at BYU, he was smarter about what he did. I think he put too much pressure on himself early in the year, and then when he came back from injury, he started to clamp down on it a little bit. 
You want that controlled aggression. You want him to know when he should get extra aggressive and when to peel it back. That really, to me, is the mark of an excellent quarterback. The guy that knows when to go for the kill and when to just take the check down. You don't want to go in the reverse way where it's Alex Smith where he just takes the check down all the time. You don't want to go the Brett Favre route where you're just throwing the ball all over the place. You want somebody like Russell Wilson who knows when to go for the juggler but also knows when to go for the safe play. That's really what you're looking at. I think years ago, Bill Simmons referred to it as the playmaking game manager. That's what you want. The guy that makes smart decisions, but has the ability and the know-how to go for it when the situation calls for it. Yeah, and and I love that question because it's one that um, I hope that we don't see them um, neuter Zach Wilson to the point where you take away what, what he does best and what he loves to do and what separates him from and the reason why you drafted him number two overall because you know he loves that that big play he likes to to make those big you know show off the big arm um but you know it's the nfl this isn't byu anymore so he's gonna have to um learn like you said to take the easy ones and um know when to check down so it's not you know you're living and dying on every deep ball to Corey davis or something so um I hope they, you know, the controlled aggression is is a great term, and I think that fits for for Zach because I don't think he is a true true gunslinger like a Brett Favre, but it is in his you know repertoire, and it would be um, not wise for the Jets to uh, you know to take that away from him. And you hope that just you know whether it's pressure from the media or um, lack of you know, confidence from Zach, but if if you start to see him you know, trying less and less to make those big plays down the field, I would be worried about it. Um, but I think it's, it's just in his DNA to want to make those plays. So I I like that about him. Um, so if, if there's a point where Zach Wilson is able to, uh, like you said, make like a Russell Wilson, just take what's there. And then when the play calls for it, or if there's a broken play and he hits those big throws, like that's, that's where you're going to see Zach Wilson separate from, you know, even the guys in the, in the draft, even Trevor Lawrence, honestly, um, you know, he's got more of that like gunslinger than Trevor Lawrence does. So if, if, if the rest of the things come, you know, slow down for him and he can be that guy and also make those huge plays, that's what's going to, you know, that that's what's going to make the Jets look like they made the right choice at number two. Next question comes in from Coffee and Jets. He says, I know Zach Wilson is going to take the next step and be the franchise QB we've all been waiting for. But on the flip side, let's say it doesn't happen and he's bad, so bad that he gets benched second half of the year. Would you prefer the Jets draft a quarterback or go for a veteran? If so, who would you go after? Obviously, every Jets fan hopes this doesn't happen. It's a Jets fan's worst nightmare at this point. But to answer your question, if the Jets decide after this year that Zach Wilson is basically Ryan Leaf and they need to move on from him, whether they draft a quarterback or go after a veteran, I think, depends entirely on who's available. If you could get Kyler Murray in a trade, then great, go get Kyler Murray. But if you're looking at bringing in a Ryan Fitzpatrick type, obviously not Fitzpatrick because he just retired, but somebody like that who just bridges the gap to the next quarterback, if there's a quarterback in this draft that the Jets like and they can acquire, I would go that way. Again, let's hope this doesn't happen because it's the doomsday scenario, but I think it really comes down to who would be available as far as veterans. If you can get a Kyler Murray or a really impactful quarterback who's younger and can make things happen, then maybe they go that route. Otherwise, they're going to have to go through the draft because does anybody have the stomach to sit through another Case Keenum, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown type of situation after everything that's gone on the last 12 years or so? 
I know. I, I hate, I hate having to like think about this, but it's, um, it's not a bad question because look, he was, he was bad last year and, and it would take a pretty big jump for him to be in the, in the position for the jets to say, all right, we got our guy. Um, so it's, I hate, I don't want to be negative and say like, it's, it's a question that we probably should, you know, ask, but for the sake of you asking it now, um, I, I would just not want to stomach another flyer on a quarterback in the draft. We've just proven again, if the Zach thing goes South that we just can't, we can't identify and develop a quarterback. And I would go get a guy, Scott, that we always talk about and will be available. And that's Kirk cousins. I've had a, a Kirk cousins uh, fetish for years now. I just love him. I just think he's completely underrated. I think I know, you know, he was, he's an eight win floor guy and yeah maybe his his ceiling isn't very high in terms of wins and he hasn't done it he hasn't won many playoff games but um he's a guy who puts up like 3,500 yards 30 plus touchdowns and the Jets haven't seen that in their life so if you got a guy who consistently does that and at least gets you in in the playoffs or close to it every year that's a huge step up from what we've seen over the past 20 years um so I think you know when you hear Kirk Cousins I know a lot of people are like oh you'll screw that guy I think when you take a step back and look at his body of work and, and who he actually is, he's a really good NFL quarterback and he would be a massive upgrade over anything the Jets have had. Um, and I just wouldn't want to waste it or, or invest the draft capital and wait again for another rookie quarterback just to be disappointed. Look, I know at the end of the day, you're going to have to draft your guy. You know, you, not often do you sign a guy or trade for a guy um, and he comes in and is your answer at quarterback. But, <clears throat> you know, the hope would be to get a guy like Kirk Cousins draft a guy the next year, have that guy sit, which is something the Jets never do, and let that guy develop the right way instead of throwing him right into the wolves. And um, so long story short, I would I would look for a guy like Kirk Cousins next year if Zerk Zerk if Zach Wilson um is just so bad that like you can't even stomach putting him out there. But I, I don't think it's gonna I don't think Zach Wilson's gonna do I don't think it's gonna be that situation where it's like, oh my God, we can't even think about giving him a third year. Um, hey, a Manning, a Manning kid is coming out in a few years too, so maybe that's a consideration. But you know, probably by that time they'll figure out a way to not have him go to the Jets. But um, let's just let's just focus on Zach this year. Make sure the Jets do everything they can to get everything out of him, um, and just hope that he is the guy. Nick, you know I agree with you on Kirk Cousins, although I don't know that I would say I have a Kirk Cousins fetish. i love kirk man i've wanted him on the jets for like five years now that's gonna wrap up part two of the mailbag visit playlikeajet.com and the play like a jet youtube channel to check out everything we're doing over there the thunder from down under luke grant has got some great all 22 breakdowns of all the jets draft picks plus he just did a review of zach wilson's improvement after he came back from injury last year, watch all the videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com
Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.